What's up, Raider Nation and everyone else? Um, welcome to episode two of New Era Nation, Oakland Raiders podcast and an NFL podcast. If you are out there listening, I just want to say thank you for taking some time out and listening to what I have to say. Last night was the start of the 2019 season, the Bears and Packers. I want to get into that a little bit. First, I want to talk about the update on the aftermath of Antonio Brown situation. There are reports out there that he has issued an apology to the team, an emotional one, and he had the team captain standing with him. And um, that's a good sign. That says a lot. The team's supporting him. The players are supporting him. But I have to believe uh, this is the last sorry, the last apology. Now, if he can just every week do what he needs to so that he can play on Sunday and work his magic on the football field, then everything will be all good. Yesterday I said, you can't do this anymore. I can't support this guy. And it's true. We can't go on that way. That situation is un- was untenable. I mean, you hear about, if you just hear about a player attacking a GM, getting in an argument with a GM, and he has to be held back because he's about to throw fists at him. I mean, what are you going to think? You think that guy's ever going to play for the organization again? Realistically, not. Do I want Antonio Brown out there catching passes? Of course I do. Am I happy about this latest news? Yes, I am. But let's be realistic about it. I just want to make something real clear here. I support the Oakland Raiders. I don't support any player that is hurting the team in any way. Not saying Antonio Brown is there. Potential is there. When you got all those players out there working hard, Showing up every day, doing everything asked of them for that, you know, the reward of making the roster. And you got another player out doing whatever he wants, not showing up, and he gets that same reward. It could potentially screw up the chemistry on the team. This is human nature. This happens everywhere. It happens at work when one guy's getting uh, what you think is, you know, could be preferential treatment. And uh, you're not. You perceive it that way. You're going to be upset. It happens in households. It happens with families. Tell my one kid to clean this up. He turns and looks at the other kid. Well, what's he doing? He ain't doing shit. It's human nature. The Raiders are trying to create a distraction-free environment, keep the team focused, and get that good team vibe out there. They're all in it together, and no one is above anyone else. We're all treated fairly and the same, and everyone's going to be accountable for their actions. I never expected uh, things to be fixed this quickly, if at all. And it's a nice surprise. Like I said, I hope it works out. I hope for the rest of the season, there's no issue, outbursts or anything from Antonio Brown. And he can just ball out, play football for all 16 games. Okay, real quick, I want to talk about something. Uh, My girlfriend posted my podcast on Facebook. My woman supports me 100% in this. She... It's incredible. She thinks I can do this. She thinks I have a talent for it. Um, I have opinions. and might not always agree with them, but they're good. And uh, I happen to agree with her. But honestly, to have that kind of support from your partner, have someone that believes in you that much, it's a special thing. And uh, I'm very lucky. I consider myself lucky to have that. And I appreciate it. You can do great things, and you have someone who believes in you and supporting you. 
I didn't ask her to post the link to my podcast on her Facebook, but she did because she believes in me and she's supporting me. I love her for that and thank her very much. With that being said, um, I would ask respectfully once to please leave her out of any harsh comments um, because of what I'm saying. I mean, it's coming from me. It's not coming from her. I appreciate anyone listening and anyone commenting, no matter what you got to say. But please leave her out of that. Um, you know, if you want to say, hey, tell your boyfriend, shut the fuck up. I mean, that's fine. But her, she doesn't deserve that. And, and it's unnecessary for just supporting her man who she believes in. And speaking of support, like I said, I 100% support the Oakland Raiders. I will not support a player hurting the team. And hopefully Antonio Brown doesn't become that. But if you're going to say you support anyone who's a Raider, um, let's, let's go through that a little bit. So let's look at uh, Rolando McClain. You support that guy he played for the Raiders after he played horribly for the Raiders? You support that guy? No. You shouldn't. Do you support Jamarcus Russell? Do you support Amari Cooper? I mean, I did. I loved Amari Cooper. I cheered for him. thought he was one of the great young talents. So you find out, you know, he's giving half effort in a Raider uniform. That's the case, beat it. We don't need you. You support Randy Moss, who even hates that he's ever associated with the Raiders, who was garbage when he played for this organization, who he couldn't even get value for in a trade, and he goes to the Patriots and ends up putting up his Hall of Fame numbers again. No. If you're a Raider fan, the answer should be fuck Randy Moss. But us Raider fans are very passionate about our team, and I appreciate that. And I just watched uh, episode 5 of Hard Knocks with my stepson last night. And, uh, you know, the Antonio Brown highlights. And you see those and it's just, you know, feel a little sad. That, that, that'll be missing in week one, especially against the Broncos. And then I hear his possibility he could play Monday. And that's fantastic. And I'm like everyone else. Antonio Brown apologizes. Oh, you know, I got pulsating hearts in my eyeballs. I forgive you, buddy. Just catch those touchdowns against the Broncos and everyone else, and it's going to be fine. And against the realistic logic in my head, I'm hoping that it's all going to be sunshine from here. But Antonio Brown really is an X-factor. When you look at this game and him being in the lineup at the wide receiver position, I believe, even without Antonio Brown in the lineup at the wide receiver position, Tyrell Williams, uh, Ryan Grant, J.J. Nelson, Hunter Renfro, those guys, I believe we have a better receiving core than we did last year compared to last year, even without Antonio Brown. You add Antonio Brown to that, that is a true X factor. That just takes it to the next level. I still believe we could beat the Broncos without him. Um, it's going to be a lot of Fangio zone, and it's going to be tough to move the ball. It's going to be dink and dunk, I'm predicting. And we'll get into more on that later. Um, the goal is to eventually uh, cover all the Raider games weekly, our division games, their opponents, and uh, rest of the NFL games. And we'll get there. Once I start getting my feet on the ground, uh, more content will start to be added. But you know, those two names, just thinking about that. Rolando McClain and Jamarcus Russell. Wow. Let's, uh, let's go back a little bit into those guys. Orlando McClain. Really excited when we drafted him as middle linebacker. 
thought he was the future. Lando McLean once hit Jason Witten so hard he ruptured his spleen. And that ended up being the highlight of Rolando McLean's Raider career. His football career. But his most notable stuff was, you know, squeezing a gun off next to someone's head. Uh, I still remember those pictures of him in handcuffs. Big old smile on his face. And of course, he goes to the Cowboys and plays better. So... Uh. Jamarcus Sizerp Russell. What about him? Famous for getting on his knees and throwing a ball 70 yards. Yay. Famous for be being given a DVD by a coach who said there was a bunch of plays on him and he needed him to look at him and study him. But the coach knew that he wouldn't, so he left the DVD blank to test him. There was no plays on the DVD. The next day, he asked Jamarcus, did you study those plays? And he said, oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. We gave the keys to that guy to be the quarterback of the franchise. Give me a break. No one supports those guys for setting the franchise back decades. And here's another observation I had about the Brown and Mayock side of things. Um, I don't think it'll happen, but with all the crazy stuff happening, it's a possibility. Now that we have Brown getting back into the game, what if we start creating a rift? What if this starts creating a rift between John Gruden and Mike Mayock over Antonio Brown? And that is troublesome. The relationship, ever since Mayock came on board, it's been a perfect it's been a perfect marriage between the GM and the coach, which is what is needed. You need a good GM and a good coach. I believe we have those two things. That's needed for a successful organization. And they need to be able to work well together. These guys, you know, they're finishing each other's sentences. They're drinking out of one milkshake cup with two straws. I mean, they're, they're definitely, you know, on the same page. Mayock's been on the job for five months. Him and Gruden have the turnaround on this roster is incredible in five month period. And he's had to evaluate his talent, use the scouts he has evaluating the college talent, prepare for the draft, prepare for free agency, all of those things. And I feel like, you know, from free agency on, done a masterful job, a calculated job, getting the right free agents getting the right, you know, draft picks, getting the right undrafted free agents, finding some gems there. The overall roster is much improved. There's more talent, more skill, more speed. And this only happened in, in barely half an offseason. Well, it was a full offseason, but Mayock didn't have his guys helping him run the show to get to this point. Still did a great job. And one of the things I really do feel confident and good about is the GM and head coach in the Raiders organization. The national reporters, um, you know, predicting records and things for this team, uh, I don't trust them at all. 
I, I have a feeling they do absolutely no research. The guys that aren't in this camp watching this team every year, I can't trust their opinion because they don't know what they're looking at compared to last year. They don't know what they're looking at right in front of their face because they're not there. I'll trust what I'm researching every day and what my eyes tell me and that get backed up by the local beat reporters who are with that team every year, every day. Last year, this year, they can see the difference. And everyone's saying there's, there's major speed upgrade. The roster is completely different. It's much better. And they're going to they're gonna shock some people this year and uh, make some people eat their words. When I see some people report and write you know, the same old narrative, that's hack job. That's lazy. And uh, it's a scam. They're putting things out like that, if, you, if I'm being honest. I believe the team is focused and disciplined, and everyone's on the same page. And I have reports telling me that, and I also look at Hard Knocks, and that's also telling me that. Because all the drama that's swirling around Antonio Brown and all that, uh, you would have never guessed anyone in Hard Knocks was affected by it. And you can see that they were not. They stayed on task and on the mission statement. And I wanted to get a good look at this coaching staff and how it was. It's, it, they're beautiful. It's great. Attention to detail. They all work well together. I mean, we just have to, you all saw Hard Knocks last year with the Cleveland Browns. Let's look at this same exact scenario with them and the Raiders this year as far as hitting the quarterback. This year, someone accidentally hit Derek Carr. Um, Gruden said something about it. And then in the meeting with the coaches, he said, you know, he basically said, let's not hit the quarterback, all right? Let's not hit our moneymaker. I know accidents happen, but we can't do that. Everyone shook their head. No one said anything. And it never happened again. Last year, this same situation happened with the Cleveland Browns. Greg, Greg Robinson, the hell's his name? Greg something, that defensive coordinator. And... Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator, the Cleveland Browns at the time. Greg Robinson. Anyways, Browns DC. He was sending. He was having people getting real aggressive with the QB and hitting him. And then Todd Haley starts yelling at him across the practice field. Hey, I hit my quarterback. Blah 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 blah. They get into it. Then they go in the meeting. Meanwhile, the head coach is standing there doing nothing. They go in the meeting room, argue about it more. Head coach does nothing. And then practice continues, and they, they continue to, to egg each other on, like kind of, you know, jab each other. And this continues. It's a shit show last year. Can't tell me that the Raiders are that, because they're not. And Mike Mayer's got a job to do. He's the general manager. Someone made the comment that he doesn't belong on the football field. What's he doing out there? Um, that person obviously doesn't know what a GM does or his job or maybe anything about football. The GM is always on the football field evaluating the players because he's the one that drafts them. The GM signs the players and cuts the players. So yeah, he is going to be out there. And Mayock and Gruden have this, uh, you know, good cop, bad cop thing going. Gruden's the encourager. Uh, he gets on people's asses, but he's there to support everyone. All the players feel like he has their back. Mayock is the hammer of justice. If things need to come down, that's going to be his role. He's going to be the stern one. And so when this stuff with Antonio Brown happened, of course Mayock had to send that message, which was important. 
He's not going to get away with this kind of behavior. You know, he will at least get fined. And uh, that will at least know, let the rest of the team know where, where the, where the, you know, where management stands with them. So, um, those are my, my worries, you know, I have worries about what could go wrong, I'm, I guess I'm that type of person, um, while hoping everything goes smoothly. You see that, uh, Michael Thomas got in there with a troll job on Mike Mayo. That's the way it is with everyone. Not everyone is going to pick you to be the number one wide receiver. And uh, Mayock didn't. And Mike, Michael Thomas is letting him, reminding him of that. He's one of the top receivers in the league right now. Everybody makes a mistake on the evaluation. But another thing for Mike Thomas is you, you didn't go to the Saints and you didn't go to Drew Brees. You wouldn't be putting up those numbers. You wouldn't be able to flash that explosive great talent you have. But hey, this is this is trailblazing. I don't think anyone has come from the draft analysis, senior draft analysis chair to the GM chair. Um, so you will have things like that where a GM for a team is out there, and the things he's done in his past, his lists, his draft lists, his his you know top players is all out there for everyone to see. And those players can specifically check on what that guy thought of them. You can't really do that with most GMs in the league. So this is kind of a new thing. And when the fight with Antonio Brown came out, you know, this is the other thing about the about those social media account um, sites. So you don't hear a peep when, when nothing's going on. But as soon as, like for example, altercation, which was major with Antonio Brown, um, all of a sudden, that's accompanied by side stories and former players and execs and whoever who've got a bunch of stories that all of a sudden tell about Antonio Brown. And when things are going well, nothing again. And this is an obvious ploy. And uh, It's really annoying to see this stuff pop out like that, you know. But this is what it is. All right, I think I've covered the crap out of that, so let's uh, move on and take a look at the Thursday night football game, the opening of the NFL season. The Green Bay Packers to play the Chicago Bears at historic Soldier Field. The oldest and most historic rivalry in the NFL. Meh. Oldest doesn't necessarily mean best. I mean... Green Bay Packers versus Chicago Bears. That drums up about as much excitement as uh, it makes me feel. It feels like the like, uh, Chicago Cubs versus St. Louis Cardinals, or uh, Redskins versus Giants. You know those type of rivalries. No, one, no one wants to see that, and it's not a, as big a deal as they're making it out to be. And the game lived up to how I felt about it coming in. It was a meh game. Um, but a bit of good news for Raider fans last night. Green Bay won 10-3. Chicago couldn't score a touchdown. Green Bay was held to 10 points, which is what that Chicago defense is supposed to do. They had five or six sacks. I mean, the defense was doing their job. And, you know, it's always nice to see uh, Khalil Mack getting in there 
you know, getting to the quarterback a couple times at the beginning of the game, just to just to reopen that wound a little bit, you know, just just so we don't forget, you know, just keep it fresh. And uh, on basically the year anniversary, nice little reminder. But uh, we've moved on, and it was nice to see Bears get their first loss of the season. Let's go ahead and put that in the bank. And I uh, hope we get 15 more. Is that too much to ask? Also put some money on the Packers. Uh, line was telling me something. So I went with it. So that's a double win for me. Double win. It's a win for Raider fans. Double win for me last night. Actually, it's a triple win. We got to see Mitchell Trubisky work his magic last night. Which was very encouraging for us getting a number one. A, a, very, a top five, top ten pick. Very encouraged from what I see from Trubisky, but Bears also lost their season over to the Packers last year too, and ended up going uh, whatever it was. And they did something. I, you know, it's hard to remember right now. But coming into last year for the Bears, their new head coach and uh, the new defensive centerpiece, they had a great defense and a great DC at the time. They had some great players on that defense. You put the crown jewel piece on there, Khalil Mack, bing, elite defense. And that's great for them. Last year, their offense caught people by surprise. Uh, Mitch Trubisky had some mobility. And Matt Nagy had some, you know... Matt Nagy's play calling is very, it's very Andy Reid-like. Tricky, misdirection, motion, all that. So, they caught the league by surprise last year. Um, and Nagy started off with a trick play. He tried that same stuff this year, and that went down the tubes real quick. As a matter of fact, Tariq Cohen was fumbling, bumbling around with the ball. That, that was a disaster. The offense ends up scoring three points. What this tells us is what the NFL has been telling us. You may have that first year, but the teams will adjust. Green Bay's had all offseason to adjust to this one game in that offense. And, of course, in the copycat league thing, people are going to copy this same formula going forward. This could lead to much, much, you know, Bears falling way below expectations. At least us Raider fans are hoping that. But we shall see. I really don't expect much of a drop-off defensively. You lose Fango, but probably the next best guy you can replace him with is Chuck Pagano. He's a great D coordinator. His time in Baltimore, I mean, look that up. And Packers, I knew their defense would be improved. I felt Aaron Rodgers, um, with Matt LaFleur wanting to cut down his audibleizing and stick with the plays, that's going to take a while to mesh because uh, the only way that's going to be successful is you have to meet him halfway with that. You know, you can call your plays, but you can have to let him audibleize in certain situations. It's going to take a while to mesh nicely. So I wasn't expecting much from their offense. But Aaron Rodgers, you know, is, does, does his Aaron Rodgers thing just enough uh, to get the Packers a victory. And you got to admire a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. you got to feel like your team has a shot, you know, every game. But, like I said before, I'm also now really starting to appreciate Mitchell Trubisky. In Vegas... Mitchell Trubisky is the most popular pick to win the NFL MVP. Now this is where the laugh track goes, everybody. 
That will be included later on as we get the podcast rolling, sound effects, I like those things. Uh, laugh tracks. And laugh tracks come in after you make a statement, like Mitchell Trubisky is the most popular pick for NFL MVP. There's a lot of theories why. Um, the most popular one being Chicago Bears fans loving their quarterback, their new savior, fall flooded in and are putting like 10 20 $50 bets on their quarterback of the future, thus raising him to the number one most popular spot. And, you know, looking at last year, you could see it. You know, you had Tariq Cohen at running back, a nice quick running back. And speaking of that, one thing I forgot to mention about the game, Tariq Cohen didn't have one single carry. The fast, quick running back that helps their offense function did not have one carry. If the Raiders go in to play the Broncos and John Gruden doesn't give Josh Jacobs one carry that whole game, Raider Nation's heads will explode off their shoulders and they'll be so angry. It's inexcusable. And that's something John Gruden would never do. Feels to me like Matt Nagy gets a little too emotional and mixed up in these games and he, he loses focus. Yeah, I know. Our coach is John Gruden. What the hell am I talking about? But, uh, you know, it's a different look when John's out there yelling and when Nagy is. But back to Trubisky. Um, last year, when he was injured and you had uh, Chase Daniel was in there, the offense looked absolutely horrible. They couldn't do anything. And when Trubisky came back, they seemed to be more efficient moving the ball. Flash forward to this year, I know it's only one game, but I don't know as a starting quarterback, young prospect, a young buck in the league who's expected to be one of the best. Um, I don't know if you have a game like that. That was absolutely horrible, wretched game. Embarrassing. And the mainstream sports media is a vicious, unforgiving, and amnesiatic animal. They sense your weakness, they come at you at your weakest moment, and uh, pounce on you like vultures. Trubisky is one of the up-and-coming young quarterbacks in this league, one of the talented young gunslingers. Wow, how did all that change so quickly in three hours? There's before-game Trubisky and after-game Trubisky. Before-game Trubisky, great young talent, franchise quarterback, going to lead this team to the playoffs for many years, many winning seasons. In fact, they're a Super Bowl contender right now with Mitchell Trubisky. After-game Trubisky, he's a piece of garbage. The Bears would not go anywhere with this guy quarterback. He's holding them back. They need to get rid of him. He still makes stupid decisions. He can't throw to his left. I mean, it's the same thing with, with Brown. When things are going bad, people are coming out of the woodworks, piling on you. No one wants to say thing anything good when things are happening for you. But there are some truths about Trubisky. He isn't very accurate. And he still makes bad decisions. Ultimately, we'll see if this is just, you know, a fluke. And Nagy gets his ship back on course. Okay, some other news around the division. The Chiefs apparently are signing Tyreek Hill to a contract extension. Three years, $54 million. The Chiefs get a tremendous hometown discount. 
and Tyreek Hill still gets a big chunk of money. And of course, the wide receivers are about to hit 20 million a year in this league. And the Chiefs got a discount, way less than 20 million a year, from one of the top most versatile receivers in the league. Ah, I hate saying that. So, Tyreek Hill recognized which way the wind was blowing and uh, took the money. It's still a big chunk of money. He did not maximize his earning potentials, but he, he still got a huge chunk of money. And uh, once again, everything seems to work out for the Chiefs. Yay. Raiders will be matching up against the Chiefs in week two. At some point tomorrow, I'll have the preview of the Raiders versus Broncos game. Um, thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate it. Uh, leave any comments. I will get back to you. And remember, there's only one nation. Let's go. I'll see you guys next time.